Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello, everybody. Welcome. This is a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. My guest today is Nate Jewell. He's a seasoned entrepreneur at the intersection of technology and fitness. He's the founder and CEO of the virtual fitness platform Recess.tv, a first-in-category solution that promotes wellness for all while empowering instructors to bring their business online with technology built for virtual engagement. Hello, Nate, and welcome to Back to Basics. Oh, thanks, Leticia. Happy to be here. Well, I'm excited because, you know, fitness is something I think that everybody can relate to either because you enjoy it or because you don't. But I think it's the top of our mind. So I am very intrigued to learn more about your journey. So why don't we start with a little bit about your early years and usually very curious about learning, you know, what were your dreams and passions when you were growing up? And, uh, and then we'll go from there. Sure. Well, we can we can definitely rewind the clock a little bit and go back to the beginning. <laughs> uh, I think I've always had a little bit of that entrepreneurial bug uh, in me. Um, you know, like many kids, uh, did a lot of you know kind of businesses on the side. I had a landscaping business for a while. Uh, probably mm. when I was four or five, you know, I had the lemonade stand like everyone else. So always oh, kind of my had... daughter just did that. <laughs> she gathered like seventy dollars in two hours. That's I don't great. know about that. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's addictive. You're like, oh wow, I could yes. do this all day. So it really started there, you know, just kind of ha- having that. But honestly, when I when I was a kid, probably when I was sixteen or seventeen, my my dream was actually to be CEO of a big company like General Electric or something. Okay. You know, so so I've always been very much into business. Always write business books, even when I was a teenager. And then going through school and all that stuff, I you know started to make that original dream come true because I started my career at GE uh, and I was in the financial oh. management program. Yeah, so I was like, all right, I'm in. I'm, I'm on. I'm on the oh, way. Okay. I can tell you, yeah, <laughs> this is interesting so far because you're one of the very few guests that have shared that, and they say, okay, this is the company I dreamt to be, and <laughs> then I went to work for that company. Okay, so, so so far it's a straight line, but I'm that's sure right. we're going to have a detour at some point, and that's what is interesting. <laughs> that's right. So the uh, there's been many detours, of course. The first detour was when I when I was at GE, I was doing well. You know, I was going through the you know going through the process, and it, I was at a business called GE Plastics, and they decided to sell the business. So I wasn't GE anymore. So I, I was I was mm-hmm. spun off into this new company. <laughs> And that's where I kind of made the first pivot in my career. I said, well, you know what, you know, that, that GE, I'm not there. Let me, let me go do something different. And a few friends who had also been at GE went to Deloitte Consulting. Um, so I pivoted over to Deloitte Consulting. And I, I mean, I absolutely, I love GE, but I also just love Deloitte. Being in the consulting side of the business, you just get a breadth of experience that is really hard to get anywhere else. I recommend it to anyone I ever talked to that's in undergrad and looking to go somewhere. I'm like, go to Deloitte or go to really any management consulting firm if you just want a breadth of experience. If you don't know what you want to do yet, um, they're an amazing training ground too. They just really, really train all of their employees. So learned a lot there. I was, I was there a little over six years and, and just loved it. 
well, all, it was an important probably undertone is through all of this, I was always big into just my personal wellness, uh, you know, health and well-being. Mm-hmm. I played sports growing up. When I was at GE, I, you know, I work out the different plants that I was working at. And then at Deloitte, it was, it was probably the one of the big things I said going in is if I'm going to be on the road, because I traveled 52 weeks a year. If I'm going to be on mm-hmm. the road, I want to still be healthy. I still want to work out. So every time I was going to a new city, the first thing I did before booking a plane ticket or booking the hotel was, where's the gym? Like, where am I going to work mm-hmm. out? Um, and I always call the gym. I'm like, you have a day pass, you have a week pass, you have a month pass. What is it can I, that I can do? And I kept that up really every single week. If I was in Belgium, if I was in Shanghai, if I was in Dubai, wherever I was around the world at Deloitte, I always found a gym to, to go to. And so I was at Deloitte, uh, loved it. And then uh, after Deloitte, I went to Silicon Valley and started working at Apple. Um, I was the worldwide sales controller there. And again, very different experience. Uh, it was phenomenal. The kind of going back to the health and wellness, Apple has an amazing health and wellness facilities. Um, many of the, the buildings have these Equinox level gyms. So that made that mm-hmm. part of my passion really easy. The building I was in had an awesome gym downstairs. So I could just go downstairs you know, middle of the day, take a lunchtime workout and then go back upstairs for meetings or whatever it was. Yeah. So then that took me to, you know, being out in the Valley. I I was around startups and I started to work at a couple of startups and I just love that startup energy. And as I said, I kind of had a little bit of an entrepreneurial bug back in the day. And at one point I started thinking about like, what would I want to go do if I started my own company? And it was definitely around health and wellness. And the first thing I did was a company called Drift, which was a physical fitness studio as a hit studio. Um, but on wheels. So it was a little bit different. And we started mm-hmm. that in August of 2019. And then seven months later, COVID happens. So you can't have mm-hmm. a physical studio mm-hmm. anymore. And we pivoted to, to what is now Recess, which is a, a platform uh, for health and wellness. Um, but that's kind of the, you know, somewhat abridged version of the journey and kind of well, how no, I got it's here. It, it's awesome. It's awesome because you know, as I said, uh, one of the things that I'm the most curious about, and I think my audience is also, it's to, to like, I'm on a mission to prove that there's no straight line to things. And right. that if you listen to the signs of life and, and, and the universe, somehow they do find a way back into your original passion. And uh, so I love in your story that you this is something that you've been very connected to from the get-go in terms of the physical and that like to you has been clear. I, I love fitness and now you're finding a way to bring it and, and make a living out of what you love, which is for many people, the secret to happiness is, you know, get paid for what you love doing and then you're always going to be happy. For many people, it's not like that at all. And they have <laughs> to unearth those passions they had as, as in the younger years. So was there anything as you were in the process of, you know, going on your own, founding your own company, coming up with a name? I mean, that whole process is super, super fun, at least to me, too. Was there anything pulling you back to like the corporate, the safety net of a corporate job. I think that's one of the things people struggle the most. So I always invite my guests to to share a bit on that, on that process. Uh, actually, no, quite, quite the opposite. Um, so when I was at Deloitte, I mean, I was there six years. So I was there a decent amount of time. And I did, I, I did really well at Deloitte, um, you know, career-wise, professionally. And I decided to leave Deloitte because I saw I saw the linear path. I was a senior manager. I just got promoted to senior manager. There was a path to partner, and I don't want to say it was it was too easy of a laid out path. But I was like, I need to go challenge myself somewhere else. And if I stayed at Deloitte, I would 
financially be doing very, very well by now because I, I left back in 2014. So that's eight years ago. You know, presumably I'd be a, a partner for for a long time at this point. Uh, but I left and I went to Apple, and, and that was a, a crazy challenge. But I I am a little bit uh, methodical in my decisions sometimes. So going to Apple, the intent was to get into startups at some point, not necessarily my own, but to be in Silicon Valley. So it was to me a stepping stone, and I did that. And once I made it to the startup world, and I was at a couple early stage startups, seed and Series A startups, I was like, I'm never going back to a big company unless the company I'm at turns into a big company. You know, we help mm -hmm. we help scale. So I never uh, thought twice about leaving a big established corporate America, and I've never thought twice about going back unless again we we you know become a, a really large company. So for me, it was the opposite. I want. I want the new challenge uh, when I went to the startups and then starting my own thing is a challenge of how do we build a really big, impactful uh, company. So uh, I, I've loved every second of it. Um, sometimes, you know, when you're a founder and you're, you're, you know, thinking about your paycheck and stuff, you're like, oh, that corporate <laughs> paycheck was pretty nice, but there's no regrets. There's no hesitations and there's really no looking back, just looking forward. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I can relate. Uh, people that know me well, they know and I've been, you know, working in the in the family business for a long time. And I do think one thing I always say is like, I miss the days where the check would show up. Well, but back when I was in corporate, it was they would drop the check on your table, somebody, <laughs> you know, anybody. Now it would be direct deposit, but like where the money just appears in your bank account. And you never had to struggle with where the money is coming from for this payroll, right? Any business owners knows that, that, you know, paying your employees, uh, meeting your obligations. And that's a huge burden on any business owner, especially, you know, through COVID times, everybody was impacted. So I think that, that yeah, I can relate that, that, that missing the, the, <laughs> the corporate check or, or the steady check. So, but it's so, it's so inspirational. So you went on and you, I think, came up with a very clever idea in terms of you, you, you are connecting some important dots with your platform, which it's called uh, recess.tv, correct? correct? So tell us a little bit about that and what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, so it, it's a, a platform where we build all the software and technology for wellness and fitness creators to run their business. You know, it, it manages their, their websites, their bookings, their payments, and then more importantly, all their clients and client engagement and building community. So it's it's really one-stop shop, everything they need to build and run mm -hmm. their businesses on the creator side. And on the consumer side, it, think of it more like matchmaking. It You come in and we ask you a bunch of questions. What equipment do you have? What are your, what's your space like? Where do you want to work out? When do you want to work out? Um, what is it you're looking for? And then we try to match you with the right um, person to, to help you on that wellness journey. Um, so it is all about this matchmaking aspect. And we, we want to see people's journeys evolve. And then as we look a little bit forward, you know, everyone's aspirations and what they want and desires are very different. So their capabilities are different. Their goals are going to be different. And it's really about wellness, not just fitness. So we've started in fitness, but we're starting to branch out into broader wellness. So as we think about someone coming in, we're going to understand, what are you trying to do? You're trying to sleep better? Are you trying to eat better? Are you trying to lose weight? Are you trying to just exercise more? And based on that, we can craft a customized wellness plan and connect you with the right creators. Is it a sleep person? Is it a fitness instructor? What is it you're looking for? So how do we really bridge the whole wellness journey for people and understand that wellness, just like my life has not been a straight line, wellness is not a straight line. 
and your needs are going to change over time, depending on where you are in life. And how do we kind of meet you along that journey? Mm, I think it's uh, the entrepreneur in me wants to say it's brilliant. I think <laughs> it's a great idea. Also for people out there, which I'm sure I have a lot in my audience, I can I can think about a couple of friends that they, you know, are either yoga instructors or they, they do have an offering and they don't know how to scale it or make it available. And the fact that your company, you know, gives you the tool to ju do just that as a, as a one-stop shop, so to speak, in terms of when people ask me, like, I'm, I'm, I'm heading, you know, we, we've passed, I think you're going to be 170 or something like that episode. And people say, how do you do it? How do you keep it going? And, you know, one of the reasons why I'm able to is I did find something similar to what you have in the in the wellness world, fitness world, in the podcasting world. So, so you know, a full platform where I go and it's easy for me to publish the episode and it really makes it achievable. So yeah. I think that your idea is, is really great on both sides and the matchmaking aspect of it. I think there are a lot of people that you just don't know how to find. And, and this is like almost... I call it as a people that go to mass. It's like finding the right priest. If you find the wrong <laughs> priest, you're never going to go back to, to mass. Right. But if you do find that person that gets to you and that is giving you what you need at the time, maybe you become a church goer. So I think that, that that's great. And so in your experience, let's talk a little bit more about, you know, those challenges. Where do you think are the biggest struggles with people on the consumer side where kind of figuring out a plan that works for them and how to stick to it? Uh, well, starting, I think starting is, <laughs> is, is really hard. I, I think a lot of people will say they want to do something and it's not just fitness. I mean, how often do you hear people say, I want to do this, or I want to start doing this, or I want to try this, but they never do. So starting is always really hard. Um, we try to make the starting process a little easier by asking questions. We're not asking you to come in and just figure it out on your own, which would be really hard because there's tens of thousands of options on the platforms. Like, where would you even start? Um, so we try to ask a little, a few questions at the end. We're like, here's, here's three places to start. Here's three people, depending on, you know, check them out, try them out, see how you like them. Um, so it's, it's really starting. And then also knowing that you don't have to go from zero to a hundred. It's not like you have to go from, let's say, never exercising, to exercising seven days a week. It might be going from never exercising to just taking a walk around the block three or four days a week. So it's how do you start small and then slowly build on that? And that's where having a community of people on the platform that can encourage you and keep you accountable can really help. As well as on our platform, the instructors and the creators, um, it's not that you can do on-demand content. You can do the async stuff, but there's a lot of stuff that is live with coaches and trainers and they help keep you accountable Um, so it's kind of someone there that you almost feel like, you know what, I don't want to let them down. They, they're, they're pushing me. So I want to go back and keep pushing myself. Mm, yes, that's uh, the, the accountability. And I think the community creation, I think this is kind of a new model and probably it became bigger in during COVID times, I think that you find like the, you know, I have had, I was honored to have Seth Godin on the, on the oh. show, which is, you know, is big marketing guru. And uh, he's always very big on finding your tribe. Like you That's have right. to find your tribe. You have to find the people that share similar interests, similar passions. And sometimes that means that we are a little bit detached from the people that we live life with like our spouses, <laughs> our partners, our family, because maybe their interests are nothing 
you know, similar to our interest. And that, I think, is part of the problem. When we think that your family is going to have the same interests, and then you don't get to do the things that you love. Would you agree? I, yes, I would agree. I think uh, you're right. It's finding your tribe. And that's something that we, we try to help people find. It's crazy. You'll hear stories about people who have only met each other virtually, and then they'll be in town and they'll go get brunch with other people they worked out with on the platform. There are these you know communities of people who follow a particular instructor, and then they all hang out outside of the the you know doing the virtual classes or whatever it is. So it's finding your tribe is really important. These are people that never would have met otherwise. You know, it's outside their normal social network as you described. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I do think, you know, and I'm I'm in technology too. And I think that the again, the pandemic, it had to happen for us to embrace sometimes more efficient ways of doing things. And, uh, you know, I think that virtual meeting, the, the just the fact that now you get to see the person, if a work call became like a Zoom call or a mm-hmm. video call where it had been a possibility for many years already, but we never really embraced it until it became a necessity. That's that's for, for thought for all the entrepreneurs, you know, that it takes something that big to get something going in a massive scale. But at the same time, I don't think it's going to be replaced. So I think what you're creating is very smart in terms of, yes, if you're traveling, if you're on the road, now you you can do your exercises. But at the same time, you're building a community that also gives you the opportunity to meet people in person and have that one-on-one kind of uh, touch. That's right. Exactly. And and we see that a lot from people. Um, It's one of the big requests. It's like, what can I do wherever I am? If I want to do something in a park, how can I do that? If I want to go to my local gym and, and follow along in a workout, but really if I'm traveling if I'm on vacation, if I'm traveling for work and I'm visiting friends and family, how do I maintain my routine? How do I maintain my habits? Um, and, and how do we help them do that? And sometimes it might be that they actually can't do the workout they normally do, but their trainer instructor will give them something that's modified. Like here's a workout you can do in 15 minutes because you're going to be on the road. So you don't, you know, get off your habit, get off your routine. That's great. That's that's awesome. So in terms of uh, to try to give here some actionable things in terms of your putting your entrepreneur hat. And yeah, I think it's similar to what you say with, you know, at some point you have to start. What advice would you give somebody that, you know, like you have, you know, a successful career and uh, but also has other interests and it's never finds kind of the courage or, or the, let's say, um, into instinct to just go get it? What, what would you be your advice? Uh, well, one, I, I think going in eyes wide open is always really important. So anytime you want to go off on your own and be a founder or, or start something, it, it, it is hard. I mean, it takes a lot of elbow work. And when you're first starting, you have to remember you're doing everything. You're the, you're the janitor, you're the marketer, you're the operations person, you're doing everything. But I also think that's really valuable because you will learn every aspect of the business. You're going to learn what you're really good at and, and not good at. But sometimes it's just trying, you know, like everything else, you know, people say, oh, I really had this great idea for a business. You don't necessarily have to quit your job immediately to go do it. You can, you know, tinker around, do a lot of research on nights and weekends, really understand the space. I mean, when I first started Drift and I, I had the idea for that first fitness studio, I didn't just have the idea today and tomorrow I quit my job and go start it. I thought about it. I kind of had the idea. I let it sit in the back of my head for probably three months. I would talk about it with friends. And I was getting a lot of, uh, let's call it positive confirmation or confirmation bias. That was a good Mm -hmm, idea. mm -hmm. And it just kept sitting with me. I said, you know what? All right, let me really now seriously think about this. So I'm seriously thinking about this. I said, all right, well, how much would this cost to start? What would I need? Um, What are going to be the fixed costs to to build a studio? 
Um, what are going to be the variable costs? How am I going to get trainers? What's the workout going to be? And you just really start planning it and planning it. And it kind of got to a point where I had a full plan. And then uh, I, I pitched it to a couple of people, a couple of friends of mine. And they're like, we love this. We'll, we'll give you a little bit of startup money to go do this. And I literally went from like, oh, this is just a great, fun idea. I'm going to get some feedback from a couple of mentors. And then they're like, no, let's give you a little bit of money. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm doing this now. So you can kind of just do it. So you just, you know, don't be afraid. Just because you have an idea doesn't mean you have to quit your job tomorrow. Play around with it. Explore it. Talk about friends. That idea is going to flush out more. It's going to deviate a little bit. I, I, mine totally did with the first company from where the initial in, you know, conception of the idea was to what we actually launched with. And then and then just do the research and, and kind of put the business plans together. And at some point, you do have to make that decision. Am I going to leap off the cliff and do this or not? Because I, I do not believe that you can start a real company while still doing something else. At some point, you do have to go all in. But then when you're all in, just be all in and, and understand what the risks are and have your risk tolerance. So I tell other people that want to start something, I'm like, are you willing to risk it all and lose it all? Are you willing to go bankrupt on this idea? And some will say yes. I'm like, great. Then full bore, go for it. Others will say no. It's like, okay, well, then how many months do you want to give this to get some traction? What are your goals? If, you, if you're not going to risk it all, that's totally fine because you can't financially. I can give yourself 18 months, six months. What is it? And just know going in, here's my cutoff point. If I haven't hit whatever milestone or KPI it is by now, I have to pull the record and, and kind of back out. But it, it is scary. But I think you can mitigate some of those fears just through planning, talking to people, reaching out to your network. That's incredible advice. Thanks for that. So, so Nate, as you know, I always like to give an open opportunity. Is there anything besides what you've shared that you're working on that is exciting you these days? Anything that that you wish to share that we haven't touched upon? Nothing that I'm more necessarily working on because you know the, the website's public. You can go there. But I would say more on the what brings me into wellness and just I think the journey over time because we we touched on. A lot of my career is is anyone's wellness journey. It changes over time, and like where I am today versus where I was 20 years. I mean, 20 years ago, I only focused on fitness, mm -hmm. and then I added things to it. I think in my late 20s, I started to focus more on nutrition, and then I got more into mindfulness, um, and I got more into spirituality. And it is a journey, and and it's there's no right answer for anyone. There's no right path. What being happy and healthy to everyone is different, and and that's okay. I think a lot of what we see out there is this is the right way to meditate, or this is the right mm -hmm. way to exercise, or this is the right way to eat. And it's like, oh, it's, that's not true. That might be the right way for that person, but it may not be the right way for you. And that's perfectly okay. So, you know, don't be afraid to try things, experiment things on the wellness side. But the biggest one is just start, you know, don't say I want to do it. Don't say I'm going to try to do it. Just start with something. Um, even if it's meditating for 60 seconds, and that's what you want to do is start meditating. If it's exercising, going for a walk, just start. Um, I think it's the biggest thing. And, and the last one is don't be afraid to, to ask others for help or advice uh, on that journey. That's great. And 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 I saw, because I always do my research and by no means my audience knows I never sell anything. But the fact that, you know, more and more you see the model where you have a free trial. So I always say, what's the biggest thing you could lose? <laughs> you know, if you just enroll, try it, see sure. if you like it. I think that, you know, more and more companies and offerings are making it really simple to really, as you say, be curious, try it out and see and, and, and let let the world surprise you. Because I think sometimes, you know, we kind of already want to predict what's going to happen. 
And we cut ourselves short of the surprise and the excitement we will get when you realize that, oh my God, I wouldn't have experienced this if I hadn't just tried it. That's exactly right. Just especially the free trial, just try. No, no harm can happen. There you go. And all the information will be on the web. And so Nate, uh, besides uh, being, you know, into this wellness journey yourself and super fit, is there anything else that brings you back to basics that reconnects you with your essence that you do as a practice or an activity? You know, it's, uh, besides all the wellness stuff, uh, I, I like to read. I, I try not to watch a lot of TV I just sit there. You know, sometimes in silence and just think and, and just try to be really present. And, you know, obviously I'm working all day long and I'm exercising. So sometimes it's just the, the little things, the simple things, just doing nothing or reading or going for a walk. I you know, take my dog on a walk um, and just kind of go, just remove all the technology, remove all the distractions. Uh, I think that's really important for me. Well, that's great. And it's also very good advice. So I thank you for sharing your journey with us and your wisdom. And I, I think you're building something uh, meaningful, something also that has purpose and will have positive impact in people's lives. So I wish you best of luck. And I would definitely be watching. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on today. Thank you, Nate. Bye-bye, everybody. Until the next episode of Back to Basics. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you, and until the next time.